There's the music, and we are back underway. Cool Button Hockey Podcast 57. Heinz 57, ladies and gentlemen. As I say hello to my very good friend, goals, goals, goals. 6.26 6. right this second. Highest scoring weekend in NHL history. Lots of, lots of elements in play. Empty netters, 116 goalies, offense. A lot of guys that maybe weren't in the league that should have been in the league and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, it's fun. You can't tell me, well, it was one nothing, but there was a lot of chances. People love the goals, Mr. Button, and we see a lot of them lately. Do you know who Stomping Tom Connors was? Yes. Stomping okay, good. Tom. So, so, you know, so you know, we're talking about Heinz 57. He had that great line. Ketchup loves potatoes, and Steve Coolius loves goals. <laughs> well, don't you? Doesn't everyone yeah. love goals? People come on the show and say, well, I know you love goals. Well, well what do you love? One nothing, boring, top six, bottom six hockey? I like the trap. I like the trap. I like the high and hard off the glass, Steve. High and hard off the glass. Flip it high over the, the anything like Playback, play safe. Oh, yeah, right. My good friend, um, Craig Ramsey, bronze medalist coach for Slovakia at the Olympics. Yeah. He'd be, he, 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 oh, there's my phone ringing now. He's telling me safe as death. Rammer's saying, Craig, safe as death. And it is. And I love goals. I cannot love goals. Hey, listen, can I ask you just a quick question? Sure. How many people around the NHL do you think know about Robert Thomas? How many people honestly really know? I would say more that follow the central do. I think those in Aurora do because they're so proud of him. Um, you know, they they have a sign, Robert Thomas sign up there. Uh, you're putting down zero that nobody. No, knows. I'm, I'm saying very small number. I'm going with very small number. Robert Thomas is going to win multiple selfies. We talk about goals, okay? So I'm going to go right. I, like I'm jumping right in here to St. Louis. You don't think they're sexy? I do. I think they're sexy for a lot of reasons. Look at their top nine forwards. There is no better top nine forward group in the National Hockey League than the St. Louis Blues. They are unbelievable. You know what they were talking about? Remember when Vladimir Tarasenko, oh, I should be traded? Seattle, Kraken, they could have had him. They can't score. They could have had Vladimir Tarasenko. Doug Armstrong, though, the shrewd, cunning, bright Doug Armstrong sits down with Vladimir. He goes, I know you're frustrated. The injuries have hurt you. You know, you're a big part of our team. You know what? Let's... Let's let's try to work through this. Leading scorer on the St. Louis Blues, Tarasenko. You got Thomas Buznevich, who they traded. What a trade that is, right? Oh, you oh. know, how about how about Barbashev, Ivan Barbashev? What, what a year he's having! All the way they signed Brandon Saad. I'll tell you what, that team scores twelve consecutive games with four more goals. How do you like that for goal scoring, Mister Coolius? And they've won nine in a row. They've moved into second. And the number that blew me away of all these numbers because they had, went head-to-head with Minnesota. So Minnesota's so hot. They're 4-0-1 in their last five. The only one of that 4-0-1 for Minnesota is the loss to the St. Louis Blues, which I did not know are 13-1-1 against Minnesota. Not Arizona, not Columbus, not Detroit. St. Louis is 13-1-1 in their last 15 against Minnesota head-to-head against him when Minnesota's been good with KK9. Like, this is, this, Billy Guerin's wild. Not the regime before that we went Minnesota, boring, flick the channel. Now I'm saying we're getting some two threes that are front and center. This is going to be a good two three. I'm not sure who's going to start for, is it Fleury? Is it Talbot? 
Husso's the guy, but now Bennington has won three in a row. We might see all four goalies in the series. Mm-hmm. I, how do you not say seven? How do you not say seven right away and say, well, I was wrong. It was the other team in seven. This is sexiness. This okay. is a two, three sexiness. Oh, there you go. I love it. See, you, you, you know, you know, sexy when you see it. <laughs> anyway, uh, bottom line is it's funny though. You, you, you now are saying that this is going seven after you just gave us that information that said St. Louis is 13, one and one in their last 15. So now my head's spinning, Steve, where do I go? He just gave me this great data, 13, one and one, but now he says it's going seven. I'm with you on the seven. I'm with you on the seven. I mean, how about that comeback? I mean, it, it ended up not being all the way back, you know, in, in the overtime game, but it looked like it was, I thought Minnesota might've been headed for a Nashville treatment. <laughs> oh, did that get away from uh, Nashville against the blues, but the Minnesota wild tell you what they're, they're hard. They're tough. That's going to be to me. That is a series that is going to have everything in it. It's going to have, as you said, it could have all four goaltenders. It's going to be hard. It's going to be heavy. There's going to be fighting. There's going to be goals. It's going to have comebacks. It's going to have everything. I'm with you, seven. And you know what they used to do in the old Western Hockey League? When they got a series like that and it was going seven, they said, why don't we make it a best of nine? <laughs> they did? They, oh, yeah, they used to do that. They used to add, they used to add on and go, well, it should be a best of nine now. Because the gates, the fans were filling, were filling the stands and buying the tickets. Hey, listen, those operators, they knew what they were doing. Wild Bill Hunter and all those guys, they knew what they were doing. Scotty Monroe, names from the past, but they knew how to run a business. Well, if you're at 3-3 and each team agrees, okay, it's series is tied 3-3. Do you want to go to game seven or do you want to make it a best of nine? Let's make it a best of nine. I'm sure at 3-0, the one team said, Let's make it a best of nine. And the other team said, we're not doing that. We're up three games to nothing. But I love, I think there was one baseball series way back that was a best of nine World Series. I think there's something about, and then they realized it was too much and seven's enough and where do you draw the line? But anyway, um, we'll bring up that best of nine if we have an elite Tampa Colorado Cup final and it's tied at three. We'll say, Craig, make it a best of nine. Then somebody will say, make it a best of 11 and it'll never stop. But St. Louis's run, they score seven goals. I think in a row in the second period on Sunday, there's been 57 goal periods in NHL history. 50. I, I thought we were in uniqueness. And I looked at the numbers. Uh, I watched the nine goal Sabre period in 81. I watched them score nine. Uh, uh, Renny Robert in the French connection. God love him uh, against Toronto 14-4. There's been about 10 eights. And then think about sevens. How many seven goal periods? Sorrow shouldn't have started. You're worried about the Preds. I feel that you're worried about the Preds. They got a big game on Tuesday. So where are we on Vegas, Preds, and the Kings? I'm more worried about the Kings um, if Vegas does win Monday, April 18th. LA Kings have the easiest schedule out of those three teams. They have the easiest schedule. If you want to just look at where teams' records are at. Yeah. I think Nashville has the toughest schedule. You know, they got Calgary twice. You know, Vegas is it's just a little bit, I, I guess, you, you, you're playing New Jersey you know, you got an opportunity to get two points against a, a lower team, but Vegas doesn't have it easy either. And, you know, when I look at the LA Kings schedule and they got some huge help on Saturday, the LA Kings, they helped themselves with the victory over Columbus. And then they got some huge help by the Edmonton Oilers beating the Vegas Golden Knights. You, you know, you start to look at it. 
I'm, like I just look at the schedule. I think Nashville has a real challenging, hard schedule down the stretch. And I think that puts them into a tough bind. I think, you know, I think they've had a really, really good season. And yet this, remember last year, they went on that great run to make the playoffs this year. It might be one of those things where they had a great season and they just ran, they ran out of, ran out a little bit of gas, a little bit of juice down the stretch, because that's what it looks like. Yeah. For the Kings. If we mention every schedule people, it'll yeah. go, but I'll say this is easy to understand ducks twice, Chicago, Seattle, and Vancouver. They've got no teams in the difficult category. So the, if the Kings blow this, it will be a choke. Like if they blow it now, it will be a choke. So you think the Kings are in at three in the Pacific or wild card two? Because the Vegas angle means Vegas could be wild card two or three pumping. So Nashville's in trouble of losing wild card two is what you're saying and falling to sixth in the central. A week ago, Steve, we were talking about the path for Vegas was through the Pacific. We didn't think that they had a path in the wild card. Now I think there's only one path for Nashville, and that's wild card number two. And, and I now I think Vegas and L.A. both have a path third in the Pacific, wild card number two. I, I, the, you know, and I, a week ago, I didn't think that. But now I do. And, you know, that, and, and obviously new information has come our way, namely the way Nashville's played. And, again, John Hines has done a terrific job in there. We know what you Soros has done, but there comes a point in time where you start to look at that schedule. And, you know, you talked about Vegas at the outset. If they don't win on the Monday night versus the devils, they're not making the playoffs. Nashville against Calgary on Tuesday night. Calgary Monday's in Chicago down to Nashville. Nashville, like must win for Nashville on Tuesday. Must win. Yeah, uh, let me correct myself because we were saying five and three. It could be four and four. So Nashville right. could still be fifth and miss and be wild card three. And there isn't a wild card three. So right. that's very important and very sexy in the West. In the East, okay, Jari's hurt. Anderson's hurt. Feels like Jari's injury is worse. I'm not sure. Anderson left a game where Carolina, Carolina went to Denver and went, whoa, this is pretty good hockey out here. And they, they battled back, which was good, but the game was already over. We have a Ranger Carolina thing going on. It's a virtual tie, but Carolina's got the hammer with the regulation win, but there's a lot of runway to go. Then we've got a two, three of what looks like Toronto two, Tampa three right now, uh, which is also sexy. Um, the Penguins injury in Carolina. Let's deal with Jari and Anderson. Who's going to tell us anything? I'm worried now. I'm more worried if Jari can't return for game 83 for the Penguins. I'm worried. Okay, so, okay let, me, let me just put this to you. What happens if Carolina and Pittsburgh are the first round matchup? Doesn't that ostensibly work well for both teams? <laughs> if Anderson's out and Jari's out, like with the, like if you're sitting there going, Oh Lord, uh, Tristan Jari, he's hurt. You know, we don't know the extent of uh, Freddie Anderson. All I know is this, when you, when you see a goaltender in that position and you know, and, and what a goaltender has to do in terms of stretching and everything, it didn't look good for Freddie Anderson. And, and, you know, it, it's different than a skater. It's different. A goaltender has to move, move in very different ways and explode. And if you're not ready to explode in those areas, your hips, your, your core, you got troubles, but wouldn't that be the, wouldn't that be the best case scenario where Carolina, oh, okay, we don't have Freddie, but we're playing Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh go, well, we don't have Tristan, but they don't have Freddie. Like that, that could be the, that could be the dream matchup on this Monday, April 18th, as those teams are looking and going, what would be our best scenario? Oh, 
Yeah, and so then the Rangers finish first. Yeah, and they would get Boston. Allmark isn't in great shape either, and some teams, their goalies haven't been in great shape for most of the year. And and Toronto would be one of those in that category. Although I think they got a good performance from Campbell on Sunday, and a Tampa Toronto two three. I guess if you're going to win a series or a cup, to be the best, you got to beat the best. So what's the difference of playing Tampa in round? In Toronto's case, round one or two. If, if in theory you would have to go through Boston, if that's your easier road, and then you beat Boston, and then you might have to face Tampa or Florida anyway. So you know what? What the heck? And if you're that good, if you believe in regulation wins, if you believe it's time, if you believe you have a franchise record 50 win season, bring them on. Let's go. Maybe it's time for Toronto to stop making excuses and to just start winning series. They got a good team, Craig. So you know what? Bring on the lightning and see whatever happens. Well, we've looked at Toronto for a long time now. We know what their path is. You want you want to be a top team. Your path is clear. It's through the Atlantic. It's through Tampa Bay and or uh, Florida. That, that, that's what it takes. Listen, the Tampa Bay Lightning finished third in their division last year. They had to beat Florida without home ice advantage. And then they had to go and beat Carolina Hurricanes. And they did. And they did. Before going seven versus the New York Islanders. That's a tough line is you got, you got, you, you got it. You got to go and you got to find a way to do it. And, and that's where you're at. So I agree with you. Toronto's a good team. I love Like they got some depth in that, in that lineup too. Like they're deeper into their third line now. Engvall and McKay have been really good players in there. And, you know, I don't know where Andre Kasha is coming back. You know, like if, if he comes back, that's nice. You know, you get a little more skill in the lineup, but McKay and, uh, and Engvall have been really good, but you're right. This is where you got to go, Steve. For two weeks now, I was on the Penguins bandwagon yeah. three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Beginning about two weeks ago, I started to have questions. I'm not so sure. I'm really not so sure. What's happened to the Penguins, where the Caps have been all year, minus this mini little run lately, you could argue, and what's happening with Carolina uh, your buddy Chris Drury has to be quietly like when he talks to the media and then goes in the room. When he when he talks to the media, he'll be stoic. When he goes in the room, you you get you have to think if you're him, you're sitting there going opportunity knocking, opportunity. They might have been as good or better than the teams normally, but now the Anderson, the Jari, the way the Penguins have played, the the the, the Vulcan injuries just really hurt the psych. They, they they've been lost. Like lost, and you talk about that's what a suspension should do. It's supposed to hurt. You do dumb, dumb things, you get yeah. dumb, dumb results. Um, and the Ranger thing, and I go back to what you said. And Alexi Lafreniere, oh my goodness, through the legs. If if he's a third line option, Capo Caco to go along with Retrano and Cop and whatever they've got, I I would I've said this before. I'm on the Ranger train. They're not beaten. Um, sorry, Boston's not beating the Rangers in a in a one four wild card one. That, that that's not going to happen. I think the worst case scenario for the Rangers would be to get Tampa. I don't think that's going to ha- happen right now either. The Rangers are in a great spot for a lot of reasons, Craig. And the worried about the analytics and style of play. When we draw a line since the arrivals and everything, it's almost a tale of, of two seasons. They're 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 deeper. They're better. They're stronger. They might have a two-goalie option just in case. Uh, with Truba on the second pair, we talked about Schneider and Braun. It's it's deep, man. It's it's cup worthy. It's 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 a run worthy at worst. If the, if they lose in six to Colorado, 
Okay, that's fine. That's a great year in Rangerland. Let's have a little chat about analytics here. So analytics can be really, really instructive with respect to understanding what you do well, what you don't do so well. They can help you try to find areas of your team that can be improved through coaching or improved by adding different types of players. So we can talk about overall numbers from the beginning of the season until now on the New York Rangers. But Chris Drury and the, and the New York Rangers are looking at it and going, okay, if, if we want to give ourselves a better chance, we got to improve in these areas. We, we know how good Shesterkin has been. And we look at the underlying numbers, the analytical numbers, and we do the, we do the deep dive. Okay, so we got to improve in those areas. So now, as you just pointed out, they go and make additions, right? They, and those additions include Braden Schneider. Who, who was developing in the minors, right? Like, you know, like, like that becomes a factor. And then you go and you make some trades. You get Petrano, you, you get Andrew Kopp, you add uh, Justin Braun, right? Like, you know, you, you add some different players into your lineup. I mean, Tyler Mott is, you know, they want to improve their penalty killing. Tyler Mott's out right now, but that's, so when you start looking at it and going, okay, here's where they're at since the trade deadline. Isn't that the whole idea is to, is to look at the data and to look at your team and go, this is what we got to do to be better. So that's where you've got to parse out the part about, okay, what do we want to evaluate now? And the New York Rangers now are a team that should be reckoned with. I don't care what anybody says. right now. They've improved their team and the numbers tell you that. Yeah. If, if my PK after 1,312 games is 18th in the league at, 79.4%. However, at the deadline or a strategical change since February 1st, we're third in the league at 89%. What we changed with personnel or strategy, how we changed our diamond on the zone entry, what we did on winning a face-off and getting the bump down winger. Well, those changes, and now we're as good as anybody killing a penalty. I'd rather have that than say, well, we finished seventh. Yeah, but since the deadline, you're at uh, 24th in the league, uh, 72%. You're not, you're not killing a penalty against the Rangers or Toronto or Tampa like that. That's the deadline difference, the strategical difference. Everyone draws a line. Since this date, this guy's been really good. Well, why'd you pick that date? Well, the five games before, he didn't get a point. Oh, okay. So you picked arbitrarily on, like, I get dates, you know? And that doesn't take anything away from Mitch Marner because you can say in the last three months, he's led the league in scoring. Why'd you pick January 15th? Well, he was out and he came back. Okay, that's that's different. But if you didn't have any points the five previous games, you're, it's your own sample size. So I'm intrigued with all, now what does all this mean on game 83? We analyze the teams. You're always a block shot away from getting hurt and everything else. I just think that what you said about the data is important and it's important for winning. It's also important, Craig, in betting. Time now for KB on Ice, an inside look at the NHL brought to you by our very good friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is, Craig, as you know, Canada's sports book, 19 plus play responsibly. Who do you got? Who do you like? Well, you got New Jersey playing the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, if there was ever a must-win game, a must-two-pointer for the Vegas Golden Knights, it's this one. At home versus the New Jersey Devils. I don't think the Devils are going to be an easy out. Make no mistake about it. And we've seen the Vegas Golden Knights wobble. Well, you know that old saying, Steve? Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down? Well, I'll tell you what. Are they a weeble? 
or are they going to fall down? That's the question. Vegas has to win. I'm going with the Golden Knights on home ice. Other than that, I focus on the Tuesday. Nashville's in tough. And Nashville against Calgary on a back-to-back, they need to win. I don't think they will. I think Calgary will go in there and win. I think Nashville's in trouble for making the playoffs. You see Saros, they started them back-to-backs. That didn't work. Uh, they weebled, wobbled, and they fell down against the Blues. Everybody's doing that. There's a lot of favorites here. I'm just going to say, if Vegas loses this game, they miss the playoffs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they lose, they miss the playoffs. And because there have been so many favorites winning lately, I'm just going to put 10 on Chicago, 285, money line, Arizona, 326, New Jersey, 263, Add it all up to a little bit of a payday. A lot of the favorites have won. Just something to think about for you kids out there moving forward, Craig. I'm 19 and over. I'm 19. I'm over 19, Steve. I'm not on your bet. I like that bet. Put me in for a shekel or two. Yes. <laughs> With the most competitive odds, sports interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. That's what makes us so special. Join now and see all what sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. That's sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. 19 plus play responsibly. Player storylines. What'd you think of price? Is price a have next year? Like what's going on? People are buzzing. They think I'm crazy that thinks any scenario that doesn't include him being there next year. Okay, so I don't know. Renault Lavoie came on. I see Price, the ovation, the Islanders stayed. You know what? He keeps getting three on nothings. He's going to want to leave. <laughs> three on nothing. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, Craig, you tell me. What's happening with Carey Price? Like, what's really going on with Price and his future? Well, I'm not. I, I don't know, Steve. I, I'm like you, okay? I, like, I, I'm going to join. I'm going to join the Steve train here, right? Like, he's got four years left on his contract. So I'm going to lay this out here. I think for Carey Price, you know, coming back from the knee injury, coming and, and you know, feeling good about where he's at off ice and personally, these are all significant for Carey Price, right? So getting back and playing and being part of the group and seeing where he's at, you want to, players, I mean, he's a, he's a top-notch competitor. This is what Carey Price does as well as anybody. You want to test yourself. Can I still do it? What does the knee feel like? How, how do I feel now about getting prepared for a game in a different way? How do I deal with a setback? How do I deal with the pressures of playing? That's the off ice. So everything's working now, and Kerry wants to get a hold on that. Four years left on his contract. All I know is this. Here's all I know. Is that if I'm watching Kerry Price, okay, and I'm going in and watch him, I'm watching him against that game against the Islanders, I'm going, I thought he was pretty good. I'm watching him move. He's, he reads the play, makes things look easy, right? Like, I mean, he's got great skill when he, when he's right on and tracking that pocket, it just, it's unbelievable how easy he makes it look. So here, here's where I'm at. I need a goaltender next year. I'm sending my pro scouts to Montreal. We're going and watching this guy. I'm getting every tape on him. I'm having people go in there. We need videotape on Carey Price, every movement. Cause I'm phoning the Montreal Canadians. If I need a goaltender and I'm going, Hey, uh, you know what? We'd be interested in Carey Price. And, and I've used it because it's easy math. You take half his salary, you get 5.25 million back. I'll take him at 5.25 million for the next four years, right? We can work out whatever that is. Because I think a healthy Carey Price on the ice, off the ice, is still a goaltender that can be a real difference maker for my team. 
So if I'm looking to do that, that's what I'm looking to do. I'll tell you what, I'm Ken Holland. I'm pulling the Montreal Canadiens. The Colorado Avalanche, I don't know where Darcy Kemper's going. I don't know where he's going. I'm pulling the Montreal Canadiens because you can't tell me that Carey Price wouldn't be incredibly, I shouldn't say can't tell me, I guess you could, but I would have to believe that Carey Price would be incredibly intrigued <laughs> to think about going to a Colorado or an Edmonton with a real chance. I got a chance. How excited would Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl be to hear that Carey Price is coming? Cost getting off the books at $5 million, right? You, you got to find a way. Bottom line, I'm, I'm, that's where my head is, Steve. So I'm right with you. So we can say, oh, yeah, and the Montreal Canadiens. I'm, I'm not saying it, it will happen. I'm not saying it, it, it won't happen. I'm just telling you what I would do as an opposing manager. That's where I would be. Yeah. And remember, there's no guarantee. Like, what if Colorado does have a second-round ousting of St. Louis or Minnesota? You know, they blame Kemper or what? Like, he'll, he'll be sought after. Like, he'll, he'll be sought after. And he's good. And we look at the analytics, look at the eye test, his slow start, everything else. You talk about making 97 and 29 happy. That's important, especially when we're realistic that Montreal is not going to say it's 10 and a half or no deal because then th there will be no deal. There's going to be right. some, and we could argue whether that's six and five and a half. And we, we can play with those numbers and what goes back and everything else. But when there's a guy sitting there, especially if he plays well, I don't care about winning and losing so much as playing well in five games down the stretch. And then now you need a goalie. And we're having this conversation about, well, even health, healthy Freddie has only won one series. And uh, Tristan Jari exploded last year and Flurry's 37. And we start going over these goalies and then the one sitting in the barn, the guy sitting in the barn and you're not going to make a call. It's worth a call. And, and that's what we're talking about. The same way I would say, if these guys don't come around every day, I would also call Chicago and just say, where are, we, where are you at with Kane? Like, what's, talk to me about Kane. What's going on with Kane? Because if I know Patrick Kane and I know him a little bit, Kane wants to win and he's got a lot of tank left. So price could move and so could Kane. And if I'm Chicago, I'm listening. I sit here on this uh, La 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 Fontaine uh, Easter epic 18th Monday day. And I think about uh, different moments of hockey history. I think about 88. He will play for another NHL team. He will play for another NHL team. Just like if Vegas loses on the 18th in New Jersey, they're out. Patty Kane will play somewhere else. The Hawks will not get quick, better quick enough. Kane will go. I really believe that, Craig. One year left on that contract at $10.5 million. So, like, you know, you're looking at how you maneuver it, how you try to do it. And, you know, you, you, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Chicago Blackhawks panicked when they lost to the Nashville Predators and they traded Artemi Panarin. That was a real panic move. That was a that was a terrible move. And and, and listen, teams, we've seen that happen over time over the history of the NHL. Patrick Kane now, it's not, a, it's not a panic move. It's about Patrick having a say in this, Chicago Blackhawks going, where are we at? And most importantly, what could it mean for our franchise going forward? You know, it, I, I, I never refer to players as assets. They're, they're, they're people. Machines are assets. Buildings are assets. Players are players, right? Like, you know, but, but if you're looking at a player, that could have like real value to what you're trying to do building out and building forward. Patrick Kane is that player. 
because he's still a top performing player. It, you're not kind of, oh, we'll take him off your hands. Chicago Blackhawks go, you know what? You're getting a really top-notch player. And I think Patty Kane has three, four, five years left easily at this level. Easily at this level. And he loves the game. Oh. Like, loves it. They'll take him kicking and screaming. He'll play in some senior league like Yager. Like Kane will keep playing. If, if he's 42 and the NHL's done, he'll go to Europe and still play in the, the, the tier one league. Like I think Kane honestly loves it. That, but you know what we said about Terry Sartrek tragically, God put him on the earth to play goal when he couldn't all that. Kane, Kane is like Yager. They honestly love it that much. And I love how much he loves it. I, I really do. And yeah, there's a, a little, you know, he's not 24, he's 34 and all that. He'll age well, I think, with you, at least for four for sure. You only have to worry about the one if you're trading for him and then if you want to sign him after that. But that that's intriguing, and I don't think enough people are talking about that. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it is intriguing because it's, it's also about the Chicago Blackhawks' future. And, and you think Chris Chelios loved playing, right? That's why he kept playing. He just wanted to play, right? You know, you think about Jadeno Chara. I mean, I'm watching the games over the last little while, right? And, you know, Chara's not, we, like, oh, no kidding, he's not the same player. But you watch him engage with his teammates, engage on the bench, engage during the game. Like, you know, he, 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 you can still see that this is somebody that has great passion for playing and great passion for contributing. It's in different ways, but it's, it, it, it's still contributing. Patrick Kane can contribute in a big way. I would say that if him and Yager want to keep playing, their team should be called the Flying Mullets. And to play on their team, you have to have a mullet. That's as simple as that. Maybe they could go the Kerry Frazier style with the helmet where it looks like a mullet because everybody's got to wear a mullet <laughs> or wear a helmet. <laughs> Maybe Barry Melrose can coach them. Uh, there you there go. we go. There we go. Like uh, the all mullet team. <laughs> Johnny Goodrow, quote, Brad Tree Living will move heaven and earth to sign him. What a time for his first 100-point season, the year he's had. Lindholm, Kachuk's going to get to 100 Good row, best line in hockey. That's great. I'm not arguing that stuff. Is it realistic? I remember having people on the show and it was, okay, where are they going to trade Kachuk and what's going on with Goodrow and this core? The core is flawed. Well, all this with Monaghan has been in decline. He's hurt now. He's not even part of it. And so for the Flames, more so enjoying a run and then like if they lose in the first round, would they say, okay, this is not working? Like, how would you approach it if you're Brad Tree living when Johnny's got you, right? Like he's got the, there's leverages changes in life. Johnny has the leverage right now. Steve, he, you know, John Goudreau had a 99 point season. Johnny Goudreau has been a point of game player in the NHL since he arrived. Okay. That, that like, you know, you look at it and, and you, you know how much I love Nazem Kadri. Nazem Kadri's had that big boom in his contract year. Johnny Goudreau is Johnny Goudreau. Like, uh, you know, last year was an off year or two years. Like, you know, the, the, this is what Johnny Goudreau is. This is when you, when you get good players and you surround them, right? And you get the, the, the NHL, you need more than one player. You can go around the league. Teams have five, six players that are good. You need more than five or six. Yet, like, you, you need a lot more than that. I talked about the St. Louis Blues. One to nine forwards. Just go look at it. It's unbelievable. Best top nine forwards in the National Hockey League in terms of what they do. And to me, uh, no, teams are. So, Johnny Goodrow, I, 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 I've had this discussion with a number of people. Oh, boy, oh, it's going to cost the Calgary Flames. Oh, how about Kachuk? He'll have 40 goals and 100 points. It's going to cost the Flames. I know this. 
You know what the cost of not having quality is? Far greater than paying for quality. So if you're asking me what I'm going to do with Johnny Goodrow and Matthew Kachuk, I'm finding a way to get it done. Unless those guys tell me we don't want to be here, right? I'm not getting beat on dollars. And there's already the parameters are in place everywhere else. Like what Johnny's going to get 15 million or something. We already have prices at 12 and a half and 11 point. Johnny's not getting 15 million. Okay. Let's okay. Matthew Kachuk. What I would do is, is go, we'll give you the Capri soft contract. Is that good enough for you, Matthew? You know what? And you're our captain. I mean, I, I've always felt that Matthew was going to be the next captain anyway, like the Capri soft contract. Do, do you want it? There it is. I mean, we can look at other contracts, Johnny Goudreau. You know what? Nine million. Like you, you know, look at what the top players like Goudreau got. Panarin. Panarin was a free. Now I know Panarin decided he wanted to leave. So if Johnny Goudreau wants to leave, it's going to be because he wants to leave. It's not going to be because uh, Brad Tree Living goes, oh well, you know what? We really couldn't afford him. Because I'll tell you what, you can't afford. You can't afford not to have quality. Yeah, whether it's up front that's available, or as we've talked about in the crease as well. In terms of the new quality coming into the NHL, early thoughts on any of what we've seen NCAA-wise. Uh, Owen Power against Philadelphia, what Kevin Hayes did to him. You know, he'll learn from plays like that. And I know, you know, we're a stick on puck and um, learning experience for Owen. I know that stood out to me a little bit because all you have to do is just play the body. All you have to do is just get in the way. And I know there was a Tarasenko moment. I know he's young. I know it's early and it's all part of development. It's harder to be a defenseman. And at 19 years of age, I guess I'd rather ha it happen now. It's easier to be a winger and do some other things we've seen certain players do this year. Uh, Matthew Boldy's doing a great job for the Minnesota Wild. On any of the new guys, anything that has been seen, heard, discussed, looked at, internally, they're excited about Matty Benier scored his first goal so the early NCAA look, because that was a storyline over the last couple of weeks. Like, so, you, you know what I've seen? Do you, do you remember the Canada Cup when Sergei Makarov undressed Larry Robinson? Larry Robinson, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, th that was the best players on the planet, Norse Trophy winners and everything. So a young guy playing in the NHL for the first time, yeah, you can pick out. Have you watched all the other shifts he's played? He's been in command on power. Yeah, you're going to make a mistake here or there. You're going to cough one up. Did I ever tell you the story about Sergey Zuboff? 1999. We're in the second round of the playoffs versus the St. Louis Blues. Really good St. Louis Blues team. It's 2-1. We're in game four in St. Louis. We go to overtime. Sergey Zuboff comes out. He's up on the right side, up the middle of the ice. Pierre Turgeon intercepts it. Boom! Game over. Series is 2-2. Right in overtime. Zuby. I mean, he can put it on the tape as good as anybody. He just put it on the wrong guy's tape. 2-2. Two, two. This is a good team in San Jose. You're kind of going. In our dressing room, Rick Wilson, our assistant coach, here's what he said. You know, you know, there's disappointment you're going on. And Rick Wilson goes, well, he goes, uh, I'm sure glad Zuby got that out of his system. We won't have to worry about that for another 100 games. We're sitting there going like, oh, okay, good. We won the next two games. We did win the next game. The, the, the best make big mistakes. Let's not start focusing in on Owen Power. Okay, the Philadelphia Flyers stink. Okay, great. Kevin Hayes had a highlight. Way to go, Kevin. It doesn't matter. Who was watching? Nobody. Okay, bottom line is 
Matty Beniers is a good player. Steve, we're talking about good players. Thomas Bordalo. I'm watching, I've watched Thomas Bordalo. I'm watching him play. He's he, he's a brainiac out there on the ice. Such a good player for the San Jose Sharks. Matthew Boldy. I mean, he, he was in the minors. If he has a full year, he might be right in the rookie of the year conversation. He might be. You know, bottom line is the NCAA players are good. Hey, Ben Myers scores in his first NHL game for the Colorado Avalanche. Free agent signing, never even drafted. Bottom line is these players are good. They're really good. <laughs> you know what? I talk about that. Imagine Cole Caulfield. Imagine Dominic Ducharme, what he did with the Cole Caulfield. You know what? And people say that, like, you know, when Dominic Ducharme, there's criticism about, oh, yeah. Hey, listen, I know what Dominic Ducharme did in junior hockey. I know what he did. I know what his record was. I like Dominic Ducharme. Dominic Ducharme is this generation's Bruce Cassidy when he was in Washington. An absolute disaster. Okay. Does that, does that mean you're going to be a disaster going forward? No, it's an opportunity to learn. Bruce went back. He learned. He grew. Bruce is one of the top coaches in National Hockey League. Absolutely. Now. And Dominic Ducharme can come and be that too. You know, I'll, I'll wait to see where it goes. But don't tell me he wasn't an unmitigated disaster. And Cole Caulfield is exhibit A. <laughs> I love it. I love the Cassidy story. I remember that. It was a quick cup of coffee. And uh, the Zuboff story is great. And uh it reminds me of Drew Doughty when he coughed one up as a kid and he told the parents, relax out there. It's kids hockey. It'll be all right. Because Drew Doughty, you know, he made a play. It ended up being the wrong result, but it was the right play. Can't just say, and I hear people still saying this now, two on one, a guy passes. Why did he pass? He should have shot. Well, we're in a fake shot pass league. So you can't in retrospect say, well, this time he should have passed and this time he should have <laughs> shot. The same way you say, what about up the middle? We use center breakout. It helped the Kings win two cups. The Hawks win three. The Bruins win. That is an option. When they take away the wall and they take away the boards, when they take <laughs> you, you, we bring it up the middle. That's what we do. So when it doesn't work, we say, what are you doing? If you just go around the boards and give it up, you'll do the Claude Lemieux around the boards to where he should be. And that led to a big goal, of course, in international hockey. So I, I just don't be a hypocrite. Make the play. And if the play doesn't work, that does not mean that you never make that play. We use center breakout. We use two-on-ones that we mostly fake shot pass. That's the league that we're in, kids. Well, I mean, Steve, you're watching the game Sunday night. Okay, the Sunday night game, Toronto and the New York Islanders. Okay, so you see the play where, you know, they made a big thing about Lyabushkin screening Jack Campbell. Uh, you, you know what? He got faked to the end to behind because as, as Bouvillier steps in, he gives a fake. And if you watch Jack Campbell, he gets caught going the other way. And that opened up the whole net. Like bottom line is if your eyes are following the play, you know what? You're doing it. Jack Campbell got faked out. <laughs> and that's how the whole, the, like, I know how the whole, that puck didn't go in because he was screened. That puck went in because he got faked out. And I'm just using that as an example, Right. Owen Power last week against Toronto. He said, Mark Giordano, you want to pass it to him? You got, you got one, two, you got two choices. You can either try to pass it to Matthews and I'm not letting you do it, or you can shoot. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. That's, you're, you're so right. And I'm just saying fake. I mean, the ability to use deception and fake, it's unbelievable what these players can do. Yeah. At press time, six points. Two six goals per game. It is a special season. Uh, we think a special episode 57, not over yet. Time now for final thoughts brought to you by Ultimate Hockey Fans. For our discount, ultimatehockeyfans.com forward slash cool button pod. Paul Cohen will take care of you. Ceiling fans, puck light fixtures, and the rest. Craig, 
final thought for 57. Okay, so uh, I'm going to follow up on a comment that you made to me. Toronto Maple Leafs are six and one without Austin Matthews. And you say, how can, can that be? How can that, how be? Can that be? Well, what I would say is a deeper team. You know what? I've always said this, Steve. If you're a good team, you're not going to capsize because you lose a good player. Now, nobody wants to play without their good players, but good teams are able to move forward. Peter Forsberg ended up having his spleen removed after the second round of the 2001 playoffs. Okay. I guess you want Peter Forsberg. They went and won the Stanley Cup. So all my point is good teams can survive. And you don't want to survive without your best players as it gets deeper. That's my answer to you about the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're a good team. And I think the result of the Matthews out results prove that. The spleen situation that could have been very disastrous, if not for a doctor, if the Forsberg situation. So I'm sure someone asked someone in Denver, how big a loss is Peter Forsberg? <laughs> and the great question, the answer to that would have been, they can still win the cup without him. Did the Penguins not win without Latang? And we can go through players out. That's why it is a team. It's not tennis. It's not basketball where you only need three guys. This is hockey. And that means rowing in the right direction. Great answer to the Matthews question. Bringing up the Forsberg is a great way to end episode 57. No I in team, ladies and gentlemen. Just an I in win. Craig's won. The Avalanche won and somebody else is going to win in 2022. For Mr. Craig Button, I'm Steve Coolius. This is Podcast 57. We'll see you. Latang 58. Oh, it just flows sometimes. See ya. <laughs>